Before we start the show, a big shout out to our new patron, Ronnie, over at dancingisforbidden.com. That's where you find uh, Dancing is Forbidden, as you might imagine. It's an Aqua Teen Hunger Force exploration podcast. Thanks again to Ronnie. Find him over at dancingisforbidden.com. If you love Aqua Teen Hunger Force, you're going to love it. Ask the podcast coach for November 11th, 2023. Let's get ready to podcast. There it is. It's live from the School of Podcasting Studios. It's Saturday morning. It's time for Ask the Podcast Coach, where you get your podcast questions answered live. I am Dave Jackson from the School of Podcasting. Dot com and joining me right over there is the one and only Jim Collison from TheAverageGuy.tv. Jim, how's it going, buddy? Greetings, Dave. Happy Saturday morning to you. Happy Veterans Day. It doesn't yeah. often land on today, but uh, November 11th is Veterans Day. And uh, for all the veterans listening, uh, thanks for your service. Yeah, including you. There you go. Yeah, including me. Yeah. And uh, I believe it was either, I'm, I'm 90% sure it's today. Uh, is my niece's birthday. So in, in some strange way, Emily, if you're watching this, happy birthday. She is uh, down in North Carolina, Georgia, something. She was in Florida. She used to work. If for- she is watching this, we need to get her a couple hobbies or something. <laughs> oh, well, she's, why would, she's into um, she? uh, 20-something. I should know this. Oh, okay. All right. But okay. she's into role-playing. Like She goes to all these festivals where people have kilts and yeah. So And she's a, a very skilled graphic artist, so. Nice, but uh, nice. but it gets a little cold to be wearing a kilt right now. And of course, one way you could avoid, you know, yeah, that's it—a little hu- steamy cup of of Java. Here we go, and mm. Mm, co- you know mm. what? You could do hot cocoa, <laughs> coffee, but, but coffee—you <laughs> know—you can't beat it. So that uh, awesome coffee pour is brought to you by our good friend Mark. Over at podcast branding, there we go. Dot co. Uh, if you need artwork, if you need a PDF, if you need a whole stinking website, well, holy cow, where are you going to go? Podcastbranding.co. Why do you want to use Mark? Well, number one, he's Canadian and he's very polite. But other than that, he's going to sit down with you one on one and make sure that everything is in alignment. He's going to kind of check out the vibe of your show and then create artwork based on your input as well, obviously, to really match what's going on. So everything's in sync and you're just gonna end up with the maximum impact for your audience because you gotta remember, they're gonna see you before they hear you. And Mark also is a podcaster. So he's an award-winning graphic artist and he's a podcaster. And so you don't have to explain, well, it's kind of like a radio show, but it's, it's, but no, no. So he's gonna get you going in the right direction. You're gonna be thrilled with your artwork because he's not gonna stop until you're happy. So check him out, podcastbranding.co. Of course, big thanks to our good friend, friend, our friend, friend. How about that? he's our friend. friend. Where did that come from? <laughs> uh, Dan Lefebvre, maybe I was trying to say his name and friend at the same time. Dan Lefebvre over there based on a true story, based on a true story podcast.com. And I think uh, they, they just covered Chaplin. So if you haven't seen that yet, or maybe you have seen it, you want to see how much it's based on a true story. Check it out now based on a true story podcast.com before his podcast. And he sent me one with a nice little thank you. Know, so. Dan, thanks for the gift. It will now sit on the desk. And, of course, the awesome mug, which also doubles 
as a beer stein sometimes because it keeps <laughs> nice. your beer cold too based on a stu- true story podcast well, dot com dan thanks well, for your sponsor speaking of coasters um it's not quite as cool as dan's go, go back to the i'm, make try, sure you get I'm trying to go back to there me, me. Yeah, okay. if you become yeah. an awesome supporter you get one of these and i was very <laughs> what, what are one of those for the audio folks this is oh thank you very much um yeah, yeah, yeah. it is a uh, black coaster with the ask the podcast coach logo on it and it says awesome supporter on it and so it makes you official and i i sent a thing out to the awesome supporters and said hey if you want one of these I'll mail it to you no matter where you are. And um, Mark from Podcast Branding that coasted, I'll take one. And what's fun is I signed one and then sent him another one. So I still have Mark's signed coaster. Right. It's, <laughs> it's, like, it's like, well done. So maybe, but, maybe give it to him the next time you see him. Yeah, that's it. Maybe that'll be. Yeah, I'll a, give him a yeah. second one. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that's uh, courtesy of, I don't know where Dan got his. Mine is from Sticker Mule. And Sticker Mule has some really cool stuff. I've I've gotten T-shirts from them, but now you could actually get a yard sign, like you know nothing fancy. You know your typical metal bracket with you know you could have your logo and a website. Stick that in your front yard, or I'm actually they're not uh, they're not. A, I think you have to, it's sixty bucks for like ten. But you know if you had a bunch of people, if I was doing a local podcast, which I kind of am, I'm really tempted to order a bunch of these and then go downtown Akron and just akronpodcast.com. Just paste them there and see how long it takes for the police to, you know, remove them. There's a documentary called worst to first, and it talks about Z 100 in um, New York city. They were absolutely the worst station. They were ranked 51st and they ended up going to the first, like they, they took over first place. And one of the things they did is they just asked their audience like, Hey, if you make a cardboard sign and put it in your car, I listen to Z100. If we find you, we will give you a T-shirt. And I was like, that's pretty cool. And they said that like people were literally like, it's it's in Brooklyn. Like you got all these tall buildings, and people would like on a sheet just spray paint Z100 and hang it out the window, and all sorts of stuff just to get there. And I was like, that's a cool idea. And I was like, oh, that's right. They had sponsors. They had a budget. Because if you start buying $20, $15 t-shirts for everybody, that could get pricey. Yeah, but you could approach a sponsor with that idea ah. and say, hey, look, I'm getting ready to do this. Ah. Uh, we'll, we'll partner with you, and this will get on a t-shirt, and we'll give these t-shirts out. For a national brand, uh, that, may, that may work. You know, There may be some restrictions as far as like a U.S. audience only or whatever. But that it'd be a good way to get them to pay for most of it or part of it is say, hey, you can have, you're on the back or you're on the front and I'll be on the back, whatever, right? A type deal. Not a bad idea. I like that. Hey, you know how I never say anything nice about Spotify? Um, Oh, not lately anyway. Not lately, yes. Uh, Well, it turns out they've done something and I just checked it out. Spotify, if you're a paid member, now has added tons of audiobooks because you know we're all dying to read or listen to the woman in me by britney spears um there was one from arnold our arnold schwarzenegger like i have to say schwarzenegger there's only one arnold my favorite is first it's 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 arnold doing his arnold thing and yeah. apparently he has like a he's dog. reading it he's, he's reading, reading it, it in his house oh, and he's like let me explain up front that uh you know if my pig he's got a pig and a donkey and he like I, apparently he's living in a barn and he's like, so if you hear these outside noises, that's what is the pig. And I was like, 
What? Get what? out. Get out. <laughs> get out now. Get, get to out. the chopper. Yeah, exactly. I was like, so there's something. So, cause I use, I, I, uh, this is not available everywhere. I don't know if it's just an Ohio thing. Do you have, do you know, Jim, from your library, the ability to check out audiobooks from your library? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Cause yeah. we have a thing here called Hoopla Digital. And mm-hmm. I have almost canceled my, Audible account multiple times because nine times out of 10, the book I'm going to use my credit on, because I always have that, is this credit worthy kind of thing going on with Audible? And I'll go over to Hoopla Digital, like, oh, there it is. Like, I just listened to, um, it's it's Everybody Has a Podcast But You. And have you ever heard of uh, My Brother, My Brother, and Me? It's the, and I can never say their last night, name right, it's McElroy, M- McElroy. Something, McElroy. yeah. Yep. And there's three brothers, and they're really, really popular. And they had this audio book, and I was like going to get it on, uh, you know, the, the. Mm-hmm. I was going to get it on the Audible, and I saw it, and I got it for free. They had an interesting thing tying it back to the merchandise thing, and, and everybody's going to run and do this with Mark, and Mark's going to be like, uh, no. But they said, it, first of all, pay somebody to make the T-shirt graphic because you know, you want it to be cool. And I was like, that makes sense. And they said, what you should do is pay the person a decent fee, but then give him a royalty or her a royalty. Oh yeah. And I was yeah. like, that's not a bad idea. They said, because in some cases you'll end up, it said the <laughs> Mark's going to be like, do I get a royalty for every school of podcasting person that signs up now? But I was like, it's an interesting idea. If you want, he goes, cause uh, he goes, and they then took it into if it's one of your audience members. And I was like, ooh, that can make it even better. Now you've got community involvement. You've got somebody that we're assuming is somehow graphic talented. And you get kind of an incentive to, hey, here's here's why you should send in a graphic because we'll give you some sort of royalty for that. So yeah, uh, it's always worth it's always worth the ask. You know, they could yeah. just say, nah, we're not we're not really interested in that. Well, but you can you could ask and see what what they might be interested in doing or are there other ways to promote both sides on this? You know, you get you you have the eyeballs and if they are open for the business, then you know, maybe you can you can strike a deal. Yeah, Daniel's mentioning that um Hoopla is also Overdrive is also Libby. They're all ways to get audiobooks yep. from from that. Yep. And then uh he says when I managed to get free credits for Audible, um, I almost never know what to buy since I can get so much of that from the library. Yeah, that's uh, – I did see where Henry Winkler, for those of you that are under 30, he was the Fonz. Uh, hey, yeah. Uh, he's got a new audiobook out. So that was the one I went, and that one had a $20 price tag. And I was like, oh, that's one I'll be getting on um, that. So uh, what we're going to do here, Jim, is it's called Trailergram. Helps you discover and retain new audiences. You can schedule a demo. And what they do is uh, they they put your, you know, we advertise your podcast trailer next to relevant content on our reputable publisher ad network consisting of over 10,000 trusted publishers, such as Yahoo, CNN, ESPN, People, uh, WebMD, et cetera. And they have a little picture here on the right where it's, it's People's website and you got this little button on the right where you can click and play. Uh, and I'm like, oh, that's, that's interesting. Okay. And then they, they talk about you can get push notifications and let people know when you have a new episode out. It's like, well, that sounds interesting. And so then the fun part went was when I started looking into this. So first things first, uh, when you get down to the pricing, it's 500 bucks a month 
for 15,000 trailer plays. So if you go more than that, I, I guess you got to pay $1,000 and 5,000 push notifications. And I was thinking, hmm. So then you get down to the frequently asked questions. And I was like, well, let's see here. So when I said, um, do all trailer plays show up in my podcast hosting platform? And it says, we use our custom player by utilizing an MP3 file you upload into the trailer glamp platform. Since this is a custom MP3 trailer, trailer plays do not display in your hosting platform. So, you know, it's not sending people the, the, the listens of your episodes resulting from the trailer plays, however, do. So, okay, that's kind of interesting because then they control the original file. I'm like, okay, not a big deal. Um, and But when you go down to, if somebody clicks on subscribe to my podcast, do those subscribers show up in my numbers on Apple and Spotify? And the answer is... Um, no, no, your Telegram, your, yeah, your Trailergram subscribers are not connected to outside platforms. Uh, and you're like, well, when a listener subscribes to my podcast, what data do you collect? We do not collect and are not able to share and they are not able to share the specific names, contact details of your subscribers, but you'll have the ability to engage with them through push notifications about your show for as long as you continue to be on our platform. And I just was like, huh, uh, and, and so for me, when I saw this, I, I was just like, you know, how do I drive episode plays of my podcast once they have listened to the trailer? Our platform tracks what episodes subscribers listen to and optimizes future notifications to subscribers. Based. So it's basically you're putting somebody between you and your audience. And I just kind of went, yeah, my, my initial reaction was, um, yeah, no. And uh, I, I just see more of these now companies where, you know, especially we'll put your, we'll put a link. So it's not really, I mean, they have to click a play button. So it's not like it's automatically rolling the file and it's, you know, that kind of shenanigans where people are just having autoplay and then they set up a script to keep loading the page. So it keeps loading that. But I don't know. I just, for me, it just seemed a little like the whole, like they're not subscribing to my show. They're subscribing to the push notifications that they control. I went, yeah, no, like no. I want I want my subscribe buttons there. I don't know what are what are your thoughts in looking at that? Yeah, it's interesting. <clears throat> I've looked at it for thirty seconds. Yeah, there so, you go. You know, I, I'm just kind of guessing on this, but um, do they? What's the what's the question I want to ask? So they're they're basically a host. Then they're a, they're a walled garden. They're a host. They have an app that they get people to sign up for. The 10,000 impressions, is that what it was for 500 bucks? Yeah. Like so that's that the right. And, that and the right so they're going to put that. Yeah. So you get 5,000 impressions. And that's when I went over to Yahoo. Yahoo. Yeah. Um, and I was like, well, where are these awesome ads that they're talking about? And it's like, there's basically, if you click on an, any article typically on Yahoo, you will find at the bottom of the page. Well, Yahoo is just a mess. First of all, let's just yeah, that's the MSN and Yahoo. They're yeah, just, I'm just it. They just keep putting story after story. I clicked mm -hmm. on one story and I got like five different versions of the same thing. But I, I occasionally go to Yahoo just because it's fun to see just how bad it is. Uh, and of course, now I'm not seeing. Oh, there they are. I clicked on a story. Let me share my screen. And when I now go back, to, so I clicked on one story and I went back to the front page of Yahoo. And you'll see where at the bottom you have here's a, a Zoom PodTrack P8 and all these little, you know, kind of ads at the bottom. Some of these are stories, but that's definitely an ad 
for Sweetwater. Cook, cook, Cookie-based ad, right? Yeah. You, you were over at Sweetwater. It yeah. Knows that cookie, yeah. and so it's serving. So here's another ad. ad. So again, so, yeah. but my whole point is when I click on this, it's going to automatically start their player. At least that's how other companies that are using the yeah. strategy are yeah, doing. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. it's, um, I don't know. It's just, I was like, mm, can't you just. I guess I'd want to know what their conversion rate is, right? I mean, yeah. it, if you got, okay, is it 10,000 or 5,000 for 500 bucks? What's it the was, uh, let me go back. It was survey mm-hmm. says. And you're, you're uh, probably going to get 15,000 trailer plays. 15,000. Okay. Yeah. And you're probably going to get a pretty small conversion. This is probably not your 3% number. This is probably your half of 1%, maybe if you're lucky number. So half of 1% of 15,000, you know, you're talking uh, under a hundred probably. Is it worth $500 to you to do, to, to have the potential for them to listen to your show and I'm assuming, like, uh, if the goal is to get them just to listen, well, then okay. I mean, if you're willing to pay for that, and your your but, tra- your trailer better have your website in it, because yeah, you better have right, yeah. you better have some kind. If you want to bring them <clears throat> over, right? If your if your podcast standing alone is enough, in other words, if you mention things in the podcast, if you tell people how to interact with you, if that whatever your goal is in that. Um, then I think, I wonder how do they handle, I guess they don't have any trouble handling, uh, in, cause you're giving them, you're going to upload a version of your podcast to them. Your Does trailer. it need to be ad free or, well, they say trailer, right? This is, uh, then you're loading. I guess I'm confused. You know, I'd imagine, I, I guess my confusion was this trailer. So you're just giving them a trailer and they're playing that trailer in the ad that, or on Yahoo and people. And I, I guess I'd want to make sure my audience is in those places too, but is that the way it works? They host the trailer and then apparently probably through your feed, they get your other episodes. So when, oh. if somebody listens to the trailer and then they click, cause the, the little picture we had there of it, let me get the, it just, to me, I'm like, why not? Cause I can see where they have little social buttons there. There's a little Facebook and this and that. Like, why not have links to your, Apple, Spotify, Amazon. I can't talk about that. I had a little oopsie where I um, I did. It was interesting. When you do, sometimes it's fun to take a risk. And so what I did was I asked David Hooper, because he did this really great episode where he shared all this behind-the-scenes stuff on his interview with Dolly Parton. He got to interview Dolly Parton. And I was listening to it, and I was like, man, it was really so good. It was like a driveway moment to where normally I listen to podcasts. I have a, a speaker that hangs on my shower rod, and I'm like, I don't even want to – like, I want to give this my undivided attention because I was really getting sucked into it. And I listened to the whole thing, and I was like, okay, why was that good? And so I kind of went back and took some notes, and I asked Dave. I said, hey, can you, can you come on? I, I just want to basically – do a show with you where I tell you how great your, your podcast is. And he's like, okay, sounds good to me, you know? And so we did that and I really wasn't sure if this was going to work or not. And I've had multiple people say that was a really cool episode. So sometimes you might want to try something a little different 
just to see if it works or not. I knew it wasn't going to be horrible. I just, when I listened back to it, I'm like, is this going to resonate with anybody? Because it's me listening to, like you tuned in to hear Dave Jackson. Instead, you heard David Hooper, which is not a bad thing. And then you're hearing Dave Jackson comment on David Hooper stuff to David Hooper. So it was this really meta kind of thing. Did you forget to bleep something out too? Yes, that, that was that was the fun that, part. Sir? So yeah. the um the great thing was that I he had he had dropped an F bomb and then um he bleeped it out. And I was like, that was a great use of a bleep because we all know what he really said. We heard the f of that, and then uh, I said the word and I bleeped myself out. And then later, about a minute and a half later, I said it again and totally forgot about it. And this, uh, the, <laughs> the question is, somebody's, you know, they're using Wi-Fi and they are, let's, let's do here with the aerial shot of Dave. Um, oh. the, uh, <laughs> they're using Wi-Fi, <laughs> but they're not getting great connection. They're, they're kind of, you know, it's not great. And they're like, huh. And they said, I see where they make these Wi-Fi boosters. And he thought, do those like really work? And so I thought, hey, that sounds like a great question. And now, oh, he's been waiting for this. It's time for Jim to get his nerd on. Not the one I wanted. <laughs> Wrong go. camera. There we go. There we go. All right. We'll see if Dave can get that fixed. Maybe I need to get my nerd on around having the USB camera plugged in or what. But okay, let's talk about Wi-Fi extenders, Wi-Fi boosters. Let's there there's a difference between the two, but for for the this argument, let's just talk about how do you get Wi-Fi? How do you extend Wi-Fi to a section of your house or to a spot, uh, a location uh, on your property? that you may not run wired service to. As an example, I have a shed on the back of my property that I, I, I use for things other than the shed that I want to be out there for. I got a computer out there. I want to get Wi-Fi out there, but I don't want to dig a trench to run a wire out there. The home Wi-Fi that I use uh, doesn't quite have the range to reach all the way out to the shed. And so uh, what I've done is I've actually just purchased a, a Wi-Fi extender, goes onto the edge of the house that faces that shed, and, uh, and it takes that signal and, and it, it broadens the, you know, the, the, the availability of that signal. Now, you have to realize whenever you're doing any kind of broadening of, of sort, right, when you're extending it, oftentimes you're weakening the signal to get farther distance. Now, that's a general statement. There's, they, they have new extenders today that are better at this, some directional stuff. But for the most part, uh, the farther you want to get out, the, 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 the slower the signal is going to be for you, the harder it has to work to get there. So they do. So that's, that's one way of doing it. You, there's all kinds of different equipment you can buy to get that done. You can buy a mesh cluster of Wi-Fi repeaters that basically work in the house and they extend it all throughout the house. You can buy some, boosters is that is a kind of word that some folks use that you'd put like I did. They do have some point to point extenders as well that you could purchase where you actually, they're two antennas, they're powered. So you have to have power in both locations. You, this isn't, you know, like if you were sending out to a barn or to a shed, you need to have power out there to receive this. A laptop wouldn't run this kind of thing, but you'd put them on either end and they got some lights on them and you can line them up and then they make a connection that way for 
for a farm or for a shed or for a, a barn like that, it's for some folks, that's a good way of getting it out there without running um, wire. Let's, let me say this Wi-Fi for podcasting. It's really something you should never use <laughs> just to be a hundred percent honest. Like Preach. Wi-Fi is not, <laughs> yeah. Wi-Fi is not a good, a good standard. It's not a good, it, it struggles with video. It struggles. It's getting better. By the way, it's getting better. Most of the time, the Wi-Fi router that you own has a really cheap processor in it, really small, and it just can't handle. It's not. It's not really designed to handle that kind of traffic. And 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 then a lot of people bought Wi-Fi routers that were like seven dollars or whatever. And you're like, yeah, that's not going to have good equipment in it. Use them for a while, and people complain. Well, they stopped working. I'm like, it's because you burnt the chip out. That's on, <laughs> on the inside of that thing. Like you heated that thing up enough. They don't have. Sometimes they don't have fans in them. So this is one of those. Those are. This is an area I would say for podcasters. If you're if if you don't have to use Wi-Fi, don't wire everything. You just get better. You get better connections. You get better service. It works better. All those kinds of things. If you have to use Wi-Fi. Um, how much you pay for that router will definitely correlate to the service that you get uh, with it. So uh, a $79 router, can you get away with it? Pro- probably. But I- I'd spend a little bit more if that's all you can do. Like if your office, if you can't run cable to the office, just spend a little bit of money on it. That's that's going to be an important piece of equipment. Um, and-, and make sure you're getting a quality Wi-Fi router because it can make a big difference there you go dave you're looking better now i, I stalled as thank long you very as i much. could <laughs> yeah it's uh it helps to have a uh, a thing here in the front that i just un- i disconnected my um elgato face cam i have these quick block things on my um that basically i just undid it screwed it on the bottom of i f- i have a um uh, a claw of some sort that can hold a phone and so yeah. I just screwed it into the bottom of that, snapped it back in place, and I was like, okay. You get a much wider view of the studio than I wish, but that's all right. Um, yeah. And, and through all this excitement, you know what we forgot to do? I was like, oh, holy cow. We have uh, an absolutely very cool instance of, you guessed it, we have a new awesome supporter. We forgot to say this at the top of the show. It is, let me go back here a little bit. Um, Ronnie from Dancing is Forbidden. Uh, you can find him at dancingisforbidden.com. And for the record, I'm going to add this in post. I'm going to say that at the beginning of the show as well. So he'll get a couple mentions here. But uh, have you ever heard of Aqua Teen Hunger Force, Jim? Oh, sorry, I was doing something else. <laughs> and I think the echo thing is going on oh, with it us is. right now. I will, this... I will. There we go. Now you're done. Um, there we go. But yes, so it's uh, he's a new awesome supporter, uh, an Aqua Teen Hunger Force exploration. So apparently Aqua Teen Hunger Force is some sort of television show that I've never heard of. It's a cartoon. It looked kind of interesting, and uh, if you're like, oh my gosh, somebody else listens to Aqua Teen Hunger Force besides me, yes, his name is Ronnie, and you can find him at dancingisforbidden.com. So we'll, we'll thank our awesome supporters a little later as well, but it just dawned on me. I was like, hey, in the process of uh, being all excited and, and getting going and, and that whole nine yards, I'm like, oh yeah, I, 
I changed the intro a little and was going to go into that and then just went right back into here's Jim Cullison. And I was like, oh, I forgot to mention Ronnie. How shame on me. So it's always, always appreciate it when we get a new supporter. Yeah. Always fun. So, uh, Todd, uh, Todd, the Gator, uh, thanks for that. The, the feedback on the out there, he did, um, Jeremy did say he's using, um, he sends ethernet over, he's got a, a converter that'll send ethernet over coax in his house uses it for far reaching access points. Uh, and, and that's a way that there's, there's some ways they also have some extenders you can plug into power outlets. I've seen that. It'll take your, it'll take it routed across the power that the, there's some, there's some things your, your power needs to be, it all needs to be on the same circuit and some of those kinds of things to work. They're okay. Those kinds of, those kinds of things are okay. Nothing beats running direct cat six E direct. Yeah. It, it's complicated. That's the problem. That running Ethernet cable is not DIY for most people. It's twisted pairs, and they all got to be in the right order, yeah. and the ends are difficult to get put together, and it's just not easy. Yeah, you can buy hundred, you know, hundred foot section of it and run it in the house, and some of those kinds of things. I know of some individuals who ran when they were building the house. They just put in the closets. They just put. Um, PVC, they built PVC pipe from the basement to the top yep. of the house and several places so that they could just run stuff up if they needed to, you know, uh, slide it up, run it through the, through the attic and then down into rooms and such like that. And then save their bacon a couple times. So that's a little more, Wi-Fi is a little less DIY than it should be. It should not be as hard as it is in some cases. It's not hard to buy the router, set it up, plug it in and turn it on, but Good, good heaven, setting up a, a network, yeah, getting all the things assigned to it, securing it so that, you know, your neighbors aren't using it, you know, some of, some of that kind of stuff. It's still, that's still technology we haven't really made easy yet, I think. I used, I have Google's whatever router kind of thingamabob. They made it pretty easy. Um and, and what I love about it, and Amazon's making things a little easier too, where if you set up like a Fire Stick on your, um, your on your Wi-Fi or whatever, and you buy a second, you know, Fire Stick for the bedroom, it kind of just it's like, oh, well, we've seen this information before, and just grabs it. I was like, that's almost too easy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, it does. Yeah, you can store through Amazon. You can store your Wi-Fi. Yeah. It's secure. Sort of, kind of. Um, yeah. You, you, you can, and so then when other devices connect, this was their solution, right? Because they they were going to get an echo in every home, uh, not every home, every room. And yeah. so if you had to go on on one of those devices and put in the network password that you have, I mean, mine is gigantic, uh, and it's a phrase, and it's got numbers and letters, and it's you know, on a remote that's super hard. If they can say, hey. I, you're connecting to this Amazon account. We have this state, this saved as your Wi-Fi. Uh, yeah, that does that part does make it easy. The back end stuff is what I'm talking about, though. The getting that set up, oh, knowing yeah. what's secure, knowing you know. I, I know some guys that put like NSA van as their SSID, so people <laughs> won't try to connect to it. It's every neighborhood's got there. You ever, uh, it was for a while. I used to drive around neighborhoods with my laptop open just to kind of see what people were naming. Their stuff, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, we, we should be better at this than we are, but uh, that's just a technology that hasn't been disrupted yet. Yeah. 
we do have another question here. If you have more than one show, how do you organize it? And so what I do, I guess I could share my screen and do this. Because Ask the Podcast Coach is pretty well um, set up to where it's not too crazy. So there's my screen. If I go now, I'm on my Mac. So hopefully you see, do you see? Yes, you do. Good. So here I have a folder called Podcasts, which there are lots in there. Um, but if I go to ask the, so first of all, have a folder called podcast, then in that folder have other folders for all your shows. So if I go in to ask the podcast coach, hopefully, okay. Now I do have some things in here that shouldn't be in here, which probably means I exported to the wrong folder. Yeah. Let's, uh, in fact, while I'm here, we will just say goodbye to those. Um, and so I've got episodes, I've got finished and usually production. Usually those are the three that I have. Now I've added a couple here, original files, patron only, uh, and show openers. But usually it's just episodes where if I go into that, now this one, because this show has been going on so long, I now put into years. But so here, if I wanted to see 2023, I can go in there. And now since we're doing today, I might as well go ahead and say, hey, today is 11, 11, 23. And that's where all the images, all the files, when I export from the roadcaster, all that's going to go into there. And then when it's done, when I go back, I have uh, finished. So this should just be a bunch of MP3 files. Yep. So this is all, and you can see where I have them somewhat dated so I can kind of tell what's what and what the episode is, et cetera, et cetera. So just have a folder. And this way, what you do by having folders is you don't end up with a file named Ask the Podcast Coach, November 11th, 2023, and then whatever the title of the show is. So that's how I do that. The production folder is simply everything that I need to make an episode. So you'll see here's Ask the Podcast Coach intro. Um, I have thrown in other, there's David Lee Raw. These are all the sounds that are on the sound pad. Here's the high LPR 40. So it's just with folders that you do that. Then the other thing I just started doing is using... Uh, Apple Notes. I did an episode on this on how do you organize stuff. So you can see there's the question: how do you how do you do that? Here's the Wi-Fi booster, and so I've got a folder over here called Podcasts, and then so here here's one for Akron Podcasts um, and Podcast Rodeo Show, and then you can have subfolders. So I've got a Podcast Rodeo folder, and then I have an episode or a folder called Finished, which has the one episode. So. The thing I love about this, if you're on a Mac, of course, is it synchronizes on your phone, on your tablets, and on your computer. If you're on a PC, you can still get this via iCloud, but I'm organizing my stuff here in Apple Notes, where I used to use Evernote, and I think I'm going to actually cancel my Evernote because Evernote kind of wants you to use them like a library, and I use, you know, Dropbox and Mediafire and things like that for storing files. So that's how I... Um, organize my stuff. And as always, I think we all have our own little styles and things like that. When you, when you're at work with your, um, your Gallup stuff, are you in charge of the files? Or are you just the, are you just the talent? You just show up. <laughs> no, in charge of both for the, for the most part, the video guys, uh, keep, uh, their video and audio stuff in a folder where they can find it. Um, we don't, the, the written stuff is going to get posted to gallup.com and that's going to be backed up in its its own form i've never found any reason to keep any of those things in fact for a lot of for a lot of years they weren't even keeping video or audio backups we were using the you know we we're using the host provider and i was like no guys we 
we need to hold on, you know, we need to hold on to those. I keep, uh, for Home Gadget Geeks and for the other podcasts that I do or I did, I keep a local copy here. Uh, and then I, I've really, I've really just boiled it down, Dave, to keeping the live video in full fidelity, whatever it was made in, whatever I get from YouTube, right? Keep that because from that I can make anything. Then I spend some time on the edit and that edit actually I run it through the video. The video edited version goes through Auphonic and gives me a new video and a new audio with everything leveled. Those Then I keep those two leveled versions of it. Um, actually, I don't keep the MP3 because I can make the, easily make the MP3 from the video for if I need to go back and get it. Um, and I just keep those two files. That's all I keep. So live and the edited video because I can make everything from that that's got all the work associated with it. You know how many times I've gone back and pulled a backup to get something? Zero. Yeah. Zero times. Zero. Now, if I didn't keep a backup, it would be a hundred times. For whatever, whatever reason, that's the way it works. But I have never really gone back. I always kept them because like, well, if I need to go back and do something, and I just have never, I've never had to, but I still have them. I still have them all. Yeah. I, one. It's funny you say that because I started, you know, I, I have Dropbox, I have Mediafire, and we're talking terabytes of stuff, especially if you're doing video. <clears throat> and I, uh, I started using Backblazes. They have a, a I forget what it's called. It's some sort of, it's not your typical backup. It's made for exact. It should be called things you should throw away, but you're not because it's really cheap to store it. And then they charge you a little more if you ever download it. I'm like, that's exactly what I need. Yep. And so I, I think I have five terabytes now and I've just started mm -hmm. and I want to say it was $4 and 50 cents for the month. And I was like, perfect. Yeah. But, but I'm yeah. the same way. I don't know if somehow we thought we're, there was going to be a Dave Jackson museum. I'm like, what, <laughs> what are we saving these for? You know, I'm like, I know. And, I know. I, and it just dawned me, I'm like, I've, I've never gone back. And cause you know, that way I can get it and get the wave file versus the MP3 file, which I have all of those saved. I was like, so there's a backblaze B2. Thank you, Daniel. And, uh, yeah, I was just like, I, cause it's taken up a lot of hard drive space, you know, hard drives are cheap. Right. But when you buy a four terabyte hard drive and you fill it up in less than a year because you started doing video, I was like, yeah, we. I need to ask myself, am I ever going back to any of these? And if so, hmm, and the answer was was the same, never. I've never gone back. I'm on occasion, nope. like on. I thought about it when I did episode 900 of going back and grabbing clips. A, that takes a humongous amount of time. If you want to do some sort of like retrospect, start it now. So that when you get to whatever episode, but it, I just was like, yeah, we're not doing that. And so the, the, there may be a different scenario though, where say YouTube went away and listen, that's, that would seem impossible today, but what if it did? That's where all both my live, that's a backup of my live and my edited video, but say that goes away and I wanted to go somewhere else and it just happened one day. Right. Those are the kind of things you're trying to prevent. Christian is my media host mm -hmm. provider. He he has every single audio file I've ever done for, for any of the podcasts on his servers. What if one day something happens to that facility and I want I need to recreate, you know, I need to go out and recreate the feed again to bring it, you know, to bring it back online. So you can't you can't say 
well, I've never gone to the backups, therefore I should probably just start get rid of them. Well, right. that's the wrong. Yeah. You have backups to prevent that, right? But it is, you know, my good friend, Mike Howard, the late Mike Howard, he kept a copy of everything, every edit along the way. So oh, he had man. like live and then an edit to here and then he kept that and then an edit here and he kept that. And he was just, I mean, he 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 was just adamant about having all those backups. And, you know, back in the day, you know, I think he had, you know, he had 10 or 12 or 15 terabytes of data before any of us were even thinking about a terabyte, what a terabyte was. And so, listen, you have to, I think you have to do what helps you sleep at night. That's what's important. If you want to keep all that stuff, keep it by, by, by all means. Your, your, your backblaze B2, which sometimes is called cold storage, right? That's where data goes and it sits and you're not, it's, it's really just for disaster or the one or two times you're going to pull that stuff back and they make it super easy to do. And it, like yeah. you said, it's, it's not a little more expensive. It's actually significantly more expensive to pull that stuff back. But that's the idea, right? They store it somewhere on really cheap storage. Um, but that's the idea. It sits there and waits for a disaster of some kind. Yeah, I use CyberDuck to FTP the stuff. And because yeah. like no. when you're doing videos no. for the School of Podcasting, that that adds up real quick. Uh, Dan says, I, I go back to remaster old episodes sometimes. So that's helpful to have the original files. Yep. I, I've, I've done that. I have, um, I still have a cassette of my grandpa reading the Christmas story and I cleaned it up like, I don't know, probably eight years ago. And the tools I have now for cleanup are much better. So I'm glad I still have the cassette. I just need a cassette deck now to play it on. It's like, it's nice to have have one. Yeah. yeah, I'm going to say I have (laughs) one. I do have one. Yeah, I have um, the only CD player I now have in the house, besides my Xbox, now that I think about it, um, is an external one that I could plug into my computer. But an actual, like, CD player, stereo thing, nope. I listen to all that stuff. Listen, vinyl came back. Cassettes (laughs) are going to come back at some point. You know they are. It it may be 10 years from now, but you know you're going to be able to go to Walmart and get a rack-mounted, you know, dual cassette player. And then my favorite... Got a counter on it. Yeah. Right? Remember those? <laughs> <A counter. laughs> uh, yes. Well, nothing will beat the eight track tape, though. Oh, God. My favorite awful. you're in the middle of a song, it fades out, and then it fades back in. You've missed half the song. And I just always want to go, who said that's perfect? Let's keep that. Oh, eight track. But you well, could. It didn't, it didn't last very long. No. To, be, to be fair, eight track. Had a seven to ten year run. Cassettes came in pretty quick and replaced them. Right? It didn't. It, yeah. Reel to reel before that. Right? <laughs> if we're talking about tape technology, yeah. reel to reel to a track to cassette, and uh, and then we got we got smart with DVD. Yeah. Or with CD. Jim, can you translate this into English? Uh, Daniel says I just got a yep. QNAP four drive USB attached storage hub. I'll first put in a twelve TB drive terabyte. That one I know. Later I'll add a second twelve terabyte. So if I were to guess, the QNAP 4 drive is a little box that you Mm -hmm. somehow put other USB things. It's like that thing that went out of business. You were talking. No, 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 no. not not somehow (laughs) you, you, you take a hard drive. It's just got four bays Uh, and you can take a standard three and a half inch drive and slide those in, close the door. And then that drive becomes available. So he's going to start off with a one drive. It's got capability of doing four. He's going to put one drive in and start backing up to it. Then he's going to take a second drive, another 12 terabyte drive, and raid 
That just means the two drives work in tandem. The data stored across both drives. You really so that's a that in a RAID one. You really a RAID five is a configuration then for disaster recovery, where if one drive fails, the other two drives have enough information to to recreate the data that was on the drive that failed. And so it's a pretty again, it's a pretty complex just way. You can just say kind of backup. You need yeah. three drives to be able to do RAID. Uh, that way the, for for uh, disaster recovery and Jeremy, raid one super fast because it oh, it's yeah. got the ability to read off two drives yeah it's super fast yeah Jeremy says whatever you do make sure to test restoring the files every so often you don't want to sure. need them yeah that's uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. WP mm, there was some backup service I used and the reason I used it is because I had to restore it one time I I fired up a new website and restored it. It worked perfect. I'm like, that's the one I'm using because I used a bunch of different backups and then you'd go to restore it. And it was like, you had to do the hokey pokey and turn yourself around. I'm like, no, I don't want to have to do that when I'm in panic mode because my website's been, you know, I have the white screen of death. So that's always fun. Well, we, we really, with windows, we really went through two phases of thinking about the way we backed up. One was, well, like you think, okay, my computer went down. I want to take the hard drive out, put a new hard drive in, and I'm going to restore it to ex the exact condition it was the last time I backed it up, right? And Windows got so big and bulky, and Mac is kind of this way too, to be honest. They got so big and bulky, we kind of started shifting to, okay, and then hard drive availability, you know, off-site NAS devices, or not off-site, but NAS devices, uh, separate networking structures, or now the cloud got so prevalent that we started thinking, you know what, just let's keep our data separate from our operating system. And if Windows ever goes bad or whatever, I'll just re I'll just reinstall Windows and then bring the data that I need back, right? Set some things back up. But in in the Windows world, recovering from a backup is still kind of hard. Like it's yeah. not a fun, it's not a fun thing. I got to the point I was doing it so much, I just I was like, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna reinstall and never customize anything like it's going to stay. It drives my, and I do that with everything with my phone, with everything. And it drives my daughter crazy. She's like, dad, you still have the screen that came out of the box on your iPhone. And I'm like, yeah, I kind of yeah. do, but that's, it's so it's, it's for backup and recovery. Right now, as soon as I started doing that, I never lost anything again. Right. It's again, it's that, it's that kind of thing you do, but um, yeah, I just don't customize. I just realized what this is. It's like the, Oh, that's what is that? Well, that's supposed to be an air horn, but it's not. Okay, <laughs> nothing's working today. I was going to say it's the extended dance version of Jim gets his nerd on. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. Man, a lot, a lot of geek topics today. <laughs> I think somebody said. Uh, uh, there times we go. Two, times two. There we go. Yeah, I was like, what the heck? Yeah. Uh, well, but these listen, Dave. These things backs up important. Some, yeah. It, well, yeah, and we're listen. We're coming to the end of the year. And this is, it's an important time to think about these things, right? Of do, do my backups work, right? Am I, am I storing them the way that I want to? Have I checked my subscriptions? Am I still using a, my, my office or my Microsoft 365, I think is what it's called now, subscription just renewed uh, today, actually. And you're like, oh, do I still need that, you know, kind of thing? Do I, do I need to go in and set that to expire if I'm not using it. So yeah. this is a good time of the year to start thinking through those things. Just do as we get into the holidays, maybe have a little extra time. Check those things out. Well what I noticed was my fairly new, you know, little baby Mac kept giving me the beach ball. 
And I was like, why? And I looked at him like, oh, my yeah. hard drive's almost full. I mean, that's why I was like, all right, we need to get this you stuff. Backup hard drive or your the hard drive no, on the, in the, in the computer? Yeah, because I because I, uh, yeah, when I make yeah, videos, yeah. I put them there because for some reason, you know, you don't, sometimes making videos, you don't want to export to an external hard drive. They always say don't do that in Camtasia. So I do that and then I copy and, and paste it and was like, yeah, but uh, we do. Are you putting things in the trash? So hold on, before you transition, are you putting things in the trash that you're not deleting as some on Mac? It's super easy to say, move to the trash. And then you kind of forget in that trash space is taking up, up space. space. Yeah. I always empty the trash and then I double okay. check that, you know, I'll, I'll triple check to make sure that whatever I just moved to the cloud is in the cloud. And then I, I empty the trash. So, but we do have, uh, we have fun things going on today. Today is uh, Jason Bryant's first 15 year potiversary. He says, now I'm at approximately 3,170 episodes and have hosted, edited, or produced 42 different podcast shows. So that's uh, that's pretty amazing. And I had it right here, and it just went away because you deserve one of – oh, forget it. Here it is, these. Whoa! Whoa! There you go. We do have, want to thank our awesome supporters. We talked about Ronnie earlier. He is the Spotlight Supporter of the Week. But if we go back to the beginning – um, you can be an awesome supporter by going to askthepodcastcoach.com slash awesome. You could be as cool as Ronnie. We're on our, our road to uh, to 40 supporters here. Um, and this show is brought to you by the school of podcasting.com where you get courses, coaching, and community, and unlimited one-on-one coaching. I had someone yesterday on a LinkedIn chat. They're like, wait, how is that possible? And I'm like, don't, don't question it. Just, yes, I do that. I'm like, no wife, no kids. That's how it's possible. Um, and uh, we run on PodPage. Uh, if you want to check out PodPage, go to trypodpage.com. If you're already on PodPage and you want to know more, check out learnpodpage.com. That will take you there. Uh, and if you need more Jim Collison, then who doesn't? Go over to the guy. <laughs> He's the balloon king. <laughs> so, uh, the average guy.tv or just go to homegadgetgeeks.com. That'll take you there as well. And ask the podcast coach. And for the record, the locking up of the camera today, I don't believe – that's not an Ecamm problem. And I'm, I'm not blaming Ecamm. I'm blaming the uh, – in this case, the Elgato Camera Hub is uh, what locked up, not not Ecamm. Because obviously I'm not locked up now. I mean, luckily, I just had my phone here, so that worked out. But if you want to check out Ecamm, askthepodcastcoach.com slash Ecamm. And again, thanks to Ronnie over at dancingisforbidden.com. And I wanted to point this out because I was like, I've never heard of this. And Jason Bryant, I love Aqua Teen. Uh, Dan uh, says, hey, uh, I used to watch Aqua Teen Hunger Force a long time ago. It's mindless adult swim show. So if you just need something to turn your brain off, check out Adult Swim. Check out an, uh, Aqua Teen Hunger Force. And again, then go check out Ronnie's show at dancingisforbidden.com. Thank you so much for your awesome support. And again, we're on our way to 40 supporters. I don't know where we're at. I know we lost another one. So we keep, every time we gain one, we lose one. Like, ah. But uh, askthepodcastcoach.com slash awesome is where you can do that. And uh, your support is appreciated. So here's a fun question. I've seen a couple of people doing something different with this. And I was like, that's a good idea. And that is, I wish listeners could comment on episodes or like or dislike them. I understand why they can't. I haven't received much feedback via Twitter or Facebook. How do you guys get feedback? Do you get it on email? And there are a couple things 
I've seen people do one person set up their own um, Discord server, uh, which to me, every time I go into Discord, it just looks like an Atari video game from like 1982. That I'm like, oh, my, <laughs> you got to be kidding me. But you hear old Journey songs <laughs> playing in the background. <laughs> That's it. And I'm always like, is that uh, is that Tron? Is that a Tron image there? <laughs> and so, but if your audience is into Discord or Mastodon or wherever you want it, you can set up your own community and then put a link in the show notes like, hey, to continue the conversation, click on this link. So I have seen people do that. And I think it was, uh, it might have been Podcasting 2.0 that took you to a Mastodon server. So if there's a place, like I think Todd the Gator has one for his uh, his video game. I think he has a, a Discord server, if I remember right. And so you could do it that way. It just makes it easier to get to it as opposed to find my, you know, Mastodon server or whatever. If you got a, a direct link to that, um, you know, that makes it easier. You know, back in the day, people used to leave comments on WordPress. And the only people that leave comments on my WordPress now are people that are promoting some sort of boner pill in China. And I'm like, okay, and your spam as well. So... Uh, any uh, do you get a lot of feedback on your um Gallup shows or oh yeah yeah
in that giving like some of the people the 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 emails that are coming in they've given them nicknames so that they're like oh this is ice cream bob or oh this is right. sea bass <laughs> and they actually become characters in the future in as they're as they're referring to things well that encourages others to be like oh i want to be like i i i'm going to send some email in and hope it gets read so that I get to be a part of the show too. So there can be some of that. I think it takes a lot of care. I, I, I think sometimes we think we want email, mm-hmm. but then when we get it, we, 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 we do podcasting malpractice and we don't respond to it or we don't give, I mean, I, listen, I've had, I've had listeners send me in a book of feedback <laughs> or, or just something and if I just reply to them with, hey, thanks for your feedback, that's yeah. not really what they're looking for. No. They're looking for interaction, right? They're looking for me to dialogue with them. So don't practice or don't do not do podcasting malpractice and ignore it. Once you get it, yeah. you better reply to it in some form or fashion. Yeah. Todd says uh, we have a channel called Show Feedback where we discuss past episodes. That's a great idea. Uh, that's, again, he's using Discord. Chris Nessie says... Hey, I think uh, too many pro podcasts don't ask don't ask for or care about feedback. Yeah, and that hurts indie podcasters like so many of us. That could be, and there's there's nothing worse than asking your customer, your listener, whatever for feedback and then ignoring it. You, you've just proven that you don't care. So it's like, yeah, and yeah, it doesn't mean you have to do it. That's not what you're saying when you say ignore it. That doesn't mean you have to do it because sometimes you get bad feedback and you're like, yeah, I can't do that. But you have to acknowledge the person and yeah. say, hey, I understand. Thank you for your feedback. I won't be going in that direction. <laughs> yeah, you know, the, and, and and this is why. And yeah, that could go back and forth, and you could have a disgruntled, you know, you could have a disgruntled listener that way. But it it ignoring it, then they're gone. Truth, like. See ya. Like if you're not, if you can't take five minutes to respond to Chris Nessie's point though, you know, there's no way Rogan could, can possibly respond to the amount of, I bet he gets some, I bet he gets some crazy, crazy feedback. So yeah, I heard some people calling him names on an episode I was listening to this morning and I was like, I, I don't know that I agree with that, but you know, he is a bit of a lightning rod. Here is a, another fun-filled question about audacity, but it really applies to everybody. He said, I need some help. I've been doing our podcast for a while now. My co-host and I record in separate locations via Zoom, but each record using audacity on our own setup, and then I usually edit with the file that she sends over. We both use the same mic, however. When recording on my laptop, it's an HP Omen gaming one. Uh, as compared to her Mac, every single recording at random intervals, I run into clipping. I'm having trouble finding a solution online, probably because I don't really know the cause or exact term for whatever that mess is. It's a pain to edit, and I'd like to prevent it if possible. Please, can anyone, uh, any seasoned Audacity editors offer advice? And this one's actually fairly easy to to answer, at least from what I think. It's when you when you're in Audacity... You choose your mic input, and then you'll get. Uh, I think you you still have to right click on the the levels and say monitor recording or something like that. And you want to stay between I would say minus twelve and minus six. Minus three, you're getting a little close because when you go over zero, you get clipping. 
And so it's, it's as simple as like right now I'm going right up to the line in, uh, on my roadcaster. And I can also see that my compressor is kicking in. That's interesting. So that's why I'm going right up to the line. And when Jim talks, I was, I looked down earlier, he's right at the same level I am. But what's interesting is Jim's voice is, I don't know what you would call it. It's more dense in a way in the fact that it's like, there's more chocolatey goodness. Like it's the same level, but it projects more. So there are times when I, if I just mixed our episodes via meters, like Jim sounds much louder than I am. And so I have to kind of go in and go, wait a minute, like Jim's blowing my head off here. And I'm like, I just have to back him down. And even though the meter says he's not as loud in the end, he actually, he is. And I I think it's just because you have the, the soothing. I think I have more bass. Yeah. I have more bass than you. Yeah. yeah. yeah so yeah. I think that's the way it works out. I would, I'd recommend they get a audio interface and if he's recording directly into that HP, ah, that's not a good, I mean, even some of the, the inexpensive audio interfaces where he can get a real sound of what he's sounding like back in his ear. So he knows for sure. I mean, so much of our voice control, I, I I've done this at work on the headset right here where I've screamed into it. Yeah. I'm going to clip. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's going to, ha- it's going to happen. Um, so, but I can hear myself doing that and say, oh, okay, I, I probably should back this down because I can change the level I'm speaking right now. I can, you know, I can get a little quieter for you if I thought I was maybe, you know, so <laughs> I, I think on that, I, my advice to him would be throw an audio interface, any of them, PreSonus or Focusrite or Behringer makes it an expensive one. I have a Motu. Any of those would work, would, would, would be a good, would be a really good upgrade to, to make for your audio. Behringer yeah. is a, a Behringer, however you pronounce it. They've been really quiet. Remember when like everybody yeah. was using Behringer stuff and then, you know, uh, Mackie now, um, Tascam, Rode, all have podcast specific stuff. And to the best of my knowledge, I don't think there's like, like there's no Rode version like a roadcaster from Behringer. I don't know if they just said, ah, never mind or what, but. Uh, yeah, they got, they got quiet. I don't, I haven't seen anything new from them uh, in a while either. Hey, on that, on that computer, one more thing on that HP computer. Um, it may be old and yeah. it may just be not working. Like that could be a hard drive that's struggling that there, he could have something loaded on there that, is taking up full CPU utilization during those times. And yep, uh, audio does not take a lot to process. But if your if your PC goes to 100%, um, it's going to do some things on the hard drive and it's going to on your audio. You're going to hear it. So yeah. just checking utilization while you're recording, probably a smart thing to do too. Lots of good tech questions. Dude. Yeah. I love this. And, and this needs to be every week. <laughs> <laughs> More tech. Ah, ah, ah. DR says, I sometimes use clip fix under effects and audacity. Yep. So there you go. Yep. Another, I don't know if this is a technical question. Uh, when I sent, oh, this is under the overthinking part, like six that we're on now. <laughs> when I sent a newsletter that promotes our podcast on the day that the podcast gets released, should a weekly newsletter be sent out on the day the podcast gets released or a few days later, I want to have more longevity with the podcast and make sure it's consistently it gets listens outside of the day it's released, but I also don't know how the rankings work 
is it better to do hard push on the episode the day it goes out? And this is where I think to me, I see here where he says, I'm looking to get more listens besides the day it's released. Well, then I would push the newsletter. Like if I publish on Monday, Wednesday or Thursday, I'm going to do the newsletter if you want to see that. But the rankings work on, if you go to Apple, the rankings are not based on uh, the whole ratings and reviews. They're based on how far people listen, which means it has to be good. Uh, how many people actually listened. It's, it's not, it's, it's, if you go, I need to find that link, but they explain how, not exactly. Cause if they say exactly how the rankings work, well then everyone will game them. But they've basically hinted like, Hey, the longer people listen, that's good because they want to promote good things. And then how many people actually listen? So, but uh, any thoughts on, on newsletter publishing kind of stuff? I'd it, like you said, if I published on a Monday, I would do the newsletter on Wednesday. I'd give it a couple days uh, in between. There's going to be, you know, you're going to publish it and then some alerts are going to go out. It's going to show up in pot, people's podcast feed. Um, and then um, your, your chances of someone seeing a newsletter on Monday is, yeah. is significantly less than if they see it on a Wednesday. Do not send newsletters on Fridays. <laughs> do not do it. Do not stop go. You know, do not pass go. Do not collect two hundred dollars, which would be two thousand dollars with inflation. But the um, I, I I like the Monday publish, uh, Wednesday, and then I don't know. Maybe your audience is a little bit different. Vary it. You could do Tuesday and Thursday, but just stay away from Monday and Friday for newsletters. It's just they get lost. I get, I get a gazillion of them on Mondays. And then the ones on Friday, I am so not thinking about. Like, I am like, delete, 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 just trying to get to the weekend for sure. Yeah. Uh, Coach Dave is saying, am I using Dropbox? Did I move away from Podcast Studio? I didn't move away from Podcast Studio, but I kind of am. Not, not that there's anything wrong with it. All I was using it for, like, that's like a Ferrari, and I was using it to drive down the street. All I need is something to capture my notes. So I'm using uh, Apple Notes. I really like Apple Notes. It's super simple. So uh, speaking of that, here's one more. Uh, the title of this post in Reddit was, uh, if I can get my mouse to work, there we go. I was a guest on a podcast. What should I do about existing social media? So this one I, I found a little disturbing in a way, or just like, hey, you ought to know this. As the title says, I was recently a guest on a podcast, both audio and visual, talking about some personal struggles. I was asked for filming. I asked after filming was done if there was any links, social media accounts that I wanted to be added. So they said, hey, what's your social? We'll add it. Along with a few organizations, I figured I might want to include my Instagram. But due to the nature of social media in general, I'm not sure what the safest way to do this would be. Should I... A, change my Instagram username. Currently, it's my full legal name. Changing it would help uh, me feel better if people look. Or should I just keep my Instagram username as is, but keep my account on private? Should I create a new separate Instagram using a new email and everything? My goal isn't to gain followers or anything from this. I'm just overall nervous about people seeing the video and then finding me online. This is all new to me. And I want to be safe and still maintain a sense of privacy, I guess. Thank you in advance to anyone who is willing to help and offer some advice. And so the first thing for me, I felt bad because I just wanted to go, well, here's one way to not have 
people find out your personal stuff that you didn't want them to find, don't talk about it on a podcast. And if you are going to talk about it on a podcast, the internet writes in ink and getting rid of that is so, and it's almost, he's trying to now put the genie back in the bottle because he's got that one episode out there. So either A, you ask the person to take it down. And I'm always, I had somebody this week, they, I reviewed their show. They asked me to review their show on the podcast rodeo show. And there were some things that were good and there were a lot that weren't. And they kind of said, any chance you could pull that down? And I said, sure. I'm like, life's too short. And so, you know, some people will pull it down. Some people won't. But if, if the goal of your, your message is to share your personal story to help other people that are maybe suffering through the same thing, and you don't want people to know it's you, then you need to set up some sort of Callie Lewis kind of situation where you're not using your real name and you set up, you know, whatever, um, you know, Jim Smith, et cetera, et cetera. And then you have socials for Jim Smith. If you're really trying to stay anonymous, I don't know, Jim, any thoughts on, on this? I, I saw it and I was like, mm, boy, this is, this is not something you want to ask after the interview. If you want privacy, stay off the internet. Yeah. Like, I, sorry, I hate to be that callous about it, but you're you're right. The cat's out of the bag, and all that stuff can be found. It's not hard, you know. You, you're you shouldn't have gone on a podcast and give given out personal information like that. You gotta you have to be you gotta be careful on these things. You know, you have to be really careful and and say some things. You know, you got to think through like what what do I want out there and what don't I? I mean, it's just like. Listen, if we're going to be podcasters, you, you you are giving up some of your privacy. You just are. Yeah. It's I I I don't I I don't personally understand podcasters who say or or people who want to be famous, but they don't want any of the negative stuff that comes with it, right? You're like, "No, no, no. You are by doing this, you are voluntarily giving up some of your privacy." And some people say, "Well, I don't like that." And I say, "Well, then you probably shouldn't be a public figure because you are when you're in podcasting, you're a public figure. That's just all that. That's that's all there is to it. And I don't I don't know why we make this so complicated or why we complain when it's like, well, somebody found me. Well, you, yeah, you put yourself out in public. Well, that's like every time a celebrity is like, hey, <clears throat> somebody hacked my phone and now my boobs are all over the internet. Well, here's a novel idea: maybe not send your boyfriend pictures of your boobs. You know what I mean? If you put it out there, they're going to find it. And if you're famous, more people are going to be looking yeah, for it. No. So, yeah. And the more famous you get, the worse it is. So yeah. I just, yeah, you're, yeah. you're the, the, this illusion of yeah. privacy. See, you know, somebody who should chime in SP, right? Stargate yeah. pioneer. Yeah. It's impossible yeah. to podcast anonymously today. Yeah. If I'm sure if we really wanted to stalk SP, we could, um, but it's it's a little tricky. So it's really hard. And it's if you're very, very hard. If you're a female doing video, I strongly suggest using a different name. Be, and if people go why, it's very simple. Guys are creepy. Yeah. The other thing I thought I would share is I got a very stern note, and to their credit, they didn't ban me again. I got a thing from Amazon saying, Hey, you're breaking our terms again. Cause I use Switchy, which is this link shortener. Well, per Amazon's terms of service, you can't make it look like it's going to someplace else if it's going to Amazon. It has to be an Amazon link. And so 
They were very nice. They said, I said, Hey, hold on. So I, I went back and put the actual raw Amazon link on some stuff. And they're like, okay, cool. Cause I would log into my Amazon account. It's like, you are being a naughty boy. And I'm like, Ooh, hold on. So I found this, this tool. And I know a few people that are using this called genius. And what's really cool about it is you go in and you put your, like whatever your uh, Amazon little identifier in. And then if you have other affiliate programs and they have a bunch in here that you can, can pick from like, here's the, the Sony, um, ZVE10. And if I take this link and go to that, it now says, Hey, here's the Sony ZVE10. So we're looking at a page and at the top, it's got a picture of the camera and then it's got buttons to Amazon B and H and Best Buy. And it says, Hey, note commissions may be earned from using this link above. And so, and they have an even uh, an affiliate disclosure at the bottom. Then you get all sorts of, now I just started using this, so I don't really have any reports, but if I did, I could see, and you can set up like groups and all sorts of stuff. So this was, was pretty cool. And I'm going to be, I'm going to use switchy for all other fun stuff, but I can go in here, I think under affiliates, this is where I, I didn't even realize that Best Buy had an affiliate program. There's one for Apple and all sorts of other places. So and in some cases, you know, they'll put a link and you can go over and sign up and et cetera, et cetera. So if you're doing any kind of affiliate marketing, they say by making these these pages where people can choose, you actually end up getting more affiliate stuff because before somebody like, oh, he sent me to Amazon. I don't do Amazon. I do B&H. And now that person can click that link and you'll get credit for it. So and the, the beauty of it is it's six bucks a month which this is one of those things if I do the math, like, okay, if the affiliate program is um, paying me 4%, how much do I, how, what is 4%, like, how, how much do I have to earn in affiliate income to pay for the six bucks? But uh, yeah, I'll put, uh, DR says, can you put a link to that in the uh, chat room? Yes. Uh, and the link I put in, actually, they don't have an affiliate program. They have a referral program and if somebody uses my link, which I believe right now is supportthisshow.com slash genius, I get credit for that. And then that goes towards my $6 bill. So, uh, but I just thought that was was pretty cool. And I just, I saw where Bandrew was using it and a, a few other people. And I was like, oh, interesting. So I, I dug into it. And now it's a matter of, I. it's really easy and in, in switchy to go find me anything that has AMZ in the link. And I'm taking those and putting them into to this. So I'll... I, I didn't see yet that Sweetwater is in the genius kind of platform because that's really the the one I typically send people to, uh, but which is weird because some of those people are on impact.com, which is an affiliate directory that Sweetwater uses. So I'm, I'm going to kind of see if I can't marry those two together, then I could uh, use that for that. But uh, affiliate marketing can, you know, just like we talked about, you know, we've talked about ads and all sorts of other things. If you get the right product and the right audience, that can sometimes pay off. So I'll be interested to uh, to do it. They do have a 14-day trial, so I'm still on the trial at this point. So you never know. I should go back. I, I dropped my Amazon account. I just, there was too many shenanigans and too much. It's yeah. put me in a different, I mean, taxes you got to account for. And oh, it's yeah. like, I don't need it. Well, now that Patreon is around, I'm doing the full self-employment. Yeah. taxes and my wife just changed jobs and it, and it looks like she'll be doing some contracting work. And, and, um, and so that means I'm going to have to do the full tax. I might as well, 
right reapply at amazon and and because i do enough i probably do enough links it would make a difference jim what is coming up on the uh average guy.tv yeah ed sullivan from sonic cupcake yeah. who's a supporter here at the show is on you might think ed and i kind of talk about cigars from time to time not one mention of them uh, ed actually did a podcast a remote podcast event hmm. big tent lots of people lots of uh, lots of technology went into it. So if you're a podcaster and you're thinking about doing a remote event, he got there only to find out they probably weren't going to have enough power to support all the things that he needed to do. So he picked up some of those, like a Jackery generator, you know, solar generator yeah. to use as backup and worked really well for him. So we spent some time talking about that. Plus a new, uh, there's a new, uh, let's see if I can pull it up in time here. There's a new device uh, coming out. Uh, I can't. You'll have to go out. You have to check it out. There's a new handheld camera. It's got a one-inch sensor uh, that is super cool that he demos on the show. You can check it out. It's posted right now, homegadgetgeeks.com. Nice. On the School of Podcasting, it's one of those hodgepodge kind of episodes. I talk about two kind of eh, weird-looking services, and people are doing some weird things, especially if you're doing interviews, that I was like, hey, that's not normal. So if somebody's asking you to rate and review and share and all the stuff before you come on the show. That's a little weird. And then there was a great article by Tom Webster that I am, he's talking about how we need to learn how to promote podcasting, just the whole podcasting in general, better than we are. So uh, that will be, of course, a Monday on the School of Podcasting. It's so weird because it's almost done. Usually I do that on Sunday. So uh, that is coming up as well. And then in the future, I'll have a, a LinkedIn guy uh, expert came on and told me a bunch of stuff that I really didn't want to hear. I was like, really? I've been doing it wrong all this time. Awesome. So thanks to everyone in the chat room and to Mark and Dan for your sponsorship. And uh, I know it sounds like we're leaving, but we're not. But be sure to uh, like, subscribe, and smash the bell 